Hey everyone, it's Brittany, one half of your terrible hosts. In this episode, I go on an epic brownie adventure during a global pandemic, and we answer the question, are people who work out regularly sore all the time? You're listening to a podcast about terrible yoga. So today on the podcast, we are going to do something a little bit different. If you've been listening to the five-ish episodes we've put out so far, maybe it's more than that. I have a table counting. I think counting it's six. Them. Oh my gosh, six <laughs> I know. episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We normally talk about it, you know, a very specific yoga topic, and then it obviously derails quite quickly. <laughs> But today we're just gonna we're just gonna have a chat and see where where the convo takes us. And for some context, we are recording this on. Let me check my calendar. It is March twelfth. It is March twelfth, which, if you live in Canada, is the day it all went wrong. <laughs> I think it's been slowly going wrong for like a really long time. But today, I feel. It was just absolute chaos. Yeah. It, yeah. So I only know some of the highlights, but the main one, so I was in a meeting today for work and happened to glance up at the TV and saw the running ticker, all public schools closed for the next three weeks. Yeah. That's not a good sign. It's not great. Yeah. The result of that news is that Like, the grocery stores were already in chaos, and now they are unshoppable. Yeah, we had to, I had to go to the grocery store after work to pick up some stuff to make brownies, which I'm definitely going to talk about because I have some things to say about that experience. (laughs) But I've never, in my entire life, seen a grocery store that busy. And I don't know if that's because I live in Northern Ontario and therefore there's just not enough people, but it was, I, the lines were like the entire length of the store for the checkout. It was crazy. I, it was insane. I've never seen anything like that. I couldn't figure out if it was because of what happened specifically today or if it was just like the build up. Cause it seems weird. It's just a random Thursday for it to be that busy, but yeah, I have a feeling it's, directly related to people learning that their children are going to be home for like a month (laughs) yeah well guess timmy's gonna need some more applesauce then um and toilet paper oh my god don't even get me started on that um i was yeah not um not just toilet paper but at the grocery store across the street from our house i went in there not even in the evening like because that's when it got really insane i also after Brittany said that she was making brownies, I was like, I too would like brownies. So I went like an idiot to the grocery store, not to get like stuff to make brownies from scratch because fuck that, but um, just to buy brownies, which I don't know B, if you know this, but you can do that instead of just making them. Um, <laughs> uh it was chaos. It was terrible. But even this afternoon, like when I went to do actual 
groceries because I, I figured it would be busy. I didn't think it would be as busy as it was. But even in the middle of the day, there were people walking around with like dragging like multiple carts behind them, um, just filled with like bottled water and toilet paper. And it's like, what do you think is happening? <laughs> what do you think is going on? <laughs> I don't know what people are doing. I don't know what they're thinking. If you bought hand wipes that are alcohol-free and antibacterial, you're going to die. <laughs> because you're too lazy to wash your hands. I don't That's, yeah. I uh, We didn't even venture down the hand sanitizer aisle because I was like, there's not going to be anything there. So there's no point in even looking. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we were in the store on the weekend and there already on the weekend was no toilet paper in the aisle in, in the biggest grocery store in the remote town where I live. And when we were there today, there was even less. So I don't think they've restocked and I don't suspect that they will be doing so until who knows when. That's a northern thing. But like, there is just nothing. The entire aisle is empty. Yeah. It's so really people gross. in my town who have all the toilet paper, I'm coming for you. Back to the brownie situation. I am ready. There, there is a very specific reason that I didn't just buy a box of brownies and they are excellent reasons so I am not a people person I don't care for people generally speaking don't like them don't don't really don't see the point um but I've made one friend where I work and she's very lovely and turns out we are the same age and are like identical in almost every single way. So much so that people mistake us for each other in the halls now at work, which is hilarious to me because we do not look that much alike. We do a little bit, but not that much. So it's her birthday this weekend and she's turning 30 and she's a little stressed about it and she's on a special diet. Because she has been having some food, uh, like, sensitivity problems, which, holla, because that's, like, my entire life. Um, So I wanted to make her something that she could actually eat for her birthday. So I found a recipe in a cookbook that I bought for FOD or low FODMAP brownies. And so FODMAP is a very long acronym for something that I definitely cannot remember. But it's a bunch of different carbohydrates that can cause problems in people who can't digest them properly. Anyway, so I made these FODMAP free brownies and they are mediocre. Mm, th- <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to say that I'm really surprised. No, but honestly, they're not actually that weird. Like the only thing, it's a normal brownie recipe the only thing that is the not normal part is the flour part of it. So, the so mo- like the most crucial part. It's only a third of a cup, though. There was where- way more um, cocoa powder in them than there is flour. But so it was like the, the, like the one-to-one gluten-free baking flour or whatever. I think, and this is my problem, because the recipe is like, whenever I bake... And I'm not a baker, so this is probably my problem. But whenever a recipe is like, oh, you'll get like 24 cookies out of this, I literally get six. Yeah. And I and I don't understand. So this brownie recipe said that I would get 16 brownies. 
Would you like to guess how many brownies I will be giving to my friend tomorrow? Um, three. Ooh, four. Ooh. Very close. They're like, they're like big-ish brownies, like the size that you'd get if you bought a brownie from like a posh bakery that costs like six bucks each. (laughs) Six bucks is on the low end of (laughs) the posh brownie scale, but sure. That's true. I'm remembering where I live and that that's a low number. But I think my problem is that I didn't put enough butter in them. So the batter was like really dense. But anyway, I spent like so much money for these brownies, but it is worth it. Hopefully. Assuming they don't make her sick. So fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, we're all going to keep you in our thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't even buy brownies. I didn't. I gave up. As soon as I walked into the grocery store, I looked at what was happening I assessed the situation, okay, and then I immediately decided that I was just going to go back to the front of the store, buy a bottle of cheap, cheap wine, and peace out, which is exactly what I did. Yeah, that was a smart decision, honestly. Um, I should have opened the wine that I bought, but I didn't. I, too, have a bottle of wine in my house that we bought on the weekend. It is not a cheap bottle of wine. It's like, you know, the middle of the road type bottle of wine. But because of the corona situation that we find ourselves in, I'm trying to time when I open it to maximize my usage. That's really smart. I (laughs) like to go into the little like wine store in the grocery store. I play this fun little game with myself, which is I just buy whatever bottle is the cheapest, like, on any given day. Doesn't matter what it is. I don't go in with any, like, preconceived notions about what I, about what I want to drink. I just go in and I let the sales in the wine store decide for me. That is a very bold strategy that would give me hives because I need to know that the wine that I am buying hives. is good. Oh. Yeah, I'd, okay. I I think we're about to get into like a full on domestic here. Right on the podcast. I don't unless a wine is so shitty like undrinkable, I don't all wine is wine. Okay, well, that is just not actually true. (laughs) That is categorically untrue. Like, there are some wines that are slightly shittier than other wines. I've never had a wine that was so disgusting that I wouldn't drink it. And I've never had a wine that was, like, so good that I would pay, like, more than $20 for it. I'm trying to think of the most amount of money that we've ever spent on a bottle of wine. I will preface the rest of this conversation by saying that we have a wine collection in our basement. It's very impressive. (laughs) But I'm not allowed to... What My beef with a wine collection is that I'm not allowed to drink any of it. It's like it's for collecting. And on days when I really want wine... That annoys me. Okay, I am... I 100% take back what I just said about your wine collection. It sucks. 
(laughs) (laughs) I literally would not be able to just keep wine in the house to not drink it. Yeah. It would be in my face. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, like, when there's a special occasion or whatever, then we open one of the bottles in in the collection. I'm trying to think of the most amount of money I've ever spent on a bottle of wine that isn't in the collection right now. It's probably like $40, which is like not a lot of money if you go into like the vintages section and you see what stupid people pay for quote unquote good wine. Because this is the thing. I feel like the more in the in the range of like acceptable amounts of money to spend on wine, like there's not a lot of variation in how good the wine is. Like, I don't think that you have to spend more money to get better wine. I don't think that's how it works. And it's like, from what, from my experience in trying many a price of wine, I just don't, it's not there for me for that. I guess for me is I just have like types of wine that I prefer over other types, like different grapes and different varietals and stuff. And don't get me started on white wine because that shit is trash. (laughs) okay (laughs) i would like to get you started on white wine please tell me um what you hate most about white wine it's just all like i've I've genuinely never had a glass of white wine that didn't make me gag that is so amazing and like i've had like like quote unquote good white wine like expensive white wine cheap white wine it all tastes like terrible garbage to me it's way too sweet and just like gnarly I feel like I don't even know who you are (laughs) I'm a red wine drinker like a not I would like not like a smoky wine red wine drinker like I don't like it to like bite my tongue off but like a Cabernet Sauvignon that's where it's at I'm surprised you didn't know that about me I didn't I don't I don't know how we got this far (laughs) (laughs) without me having learned that that it seems almost impossible it probably is an indication that we should spend more time getting very very wine drunk correct yeah i agree with that statement um so brit yes how's your practice going (laughs) (laughs) okay so I, d- I feel like I start that question the same way every single time. It's one of my, like, weird vocal tics. Um, I did this thing where I was like, I'm going to, because I was annoyed at not practicing, so I was like, I'm going to trick myself into practicing by, like, working myself up to, like, a skill. So I was like, I'm going to practice every day in the attempt to be able to do the splits again I used to be able to do the splits when I was younger I was a dancer for five years in high school and when I was younger is like in elementary school as well and I was pretty flexible at that time so I've I was always able to do the splits very easily and now I can like barely do a wide-legged seated forward fold and it is depressing to me So I was like, I'm going to trick myself into being able to do the splits in 30 days. I'm going to practice every single day. I'm going to do these stretches and I'm going to document it for TikTok. And it lasted three days. More than zero days. That is accurate. 
But the first video that I put on TikTok with my first attempt at a stretch or at a split got over a thousand views. So you're welcome, TikTok, for my excellentness. <laughs> my second attempt got zero. <laughs> because TikTok makes no sense. <laughs> TikTok is impossible. <laughs> so I guess you could say my <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry keep going so I guess you could say my practice is a little bit mixed right now I'm still definitely doing the stretches I've gotten into like a good groove of like pretty doing a bunch of pretty deep hip openers like every single day because I just find if I don't do them like my hips get super messed up and my back gets messed up and so it just feels really good to do those stretches um Somehow, I don't know, I literally have no idea how I did this, but I pulled a muscle in my neck, seemingly by doing nothing. I think I pulled it just by existing as an almost 30-year-old person, and it hurts a lot. As you do, yeah. As you do. Um, yeah. See, I feel like, I feel like I just turned 29 at the end of November. And I feel like I should get a whole year of being at the end of my 20s before, like, my body just starts falling apart. But that's not happening. (laughs) Yeah. It just goes right for it. Yeah. Like, I just, it just stopped working. And is part of that the fact that I um, have been for the last 18 months, like, doing yoga every day for six weeks and then just suddenly not doing yoga for four months like (laughs) maybe maybe that cycle is not working for me um but I also feel like you know at 25 I could do that and it didn't matter but there's not see this is my beef there's not that much difference between 25 and 29 there isn't so I feel like I should still be able to do it but I can't (laughs) I can not <laughs> do it. Um, I tried to do a yoga practice <laughs> today um, because I wanted to have something to talk about for the podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it was so hard. <laughs> it was so hard to do literally anything. And I kept like unconsciously like... I would be up and off my mat and, like, walking around, picking stuff up in the room that I was practicing in or, like, going downstairs to get water or, like, just wandering away, like, aimlessly before I had even processed that I was moving. (laughs) Like, I would do one singular sun salutation and then I would be, like, in another part of the house and then I would have to stop and think back to how I got there. And then consciously go back to my yoga mat. Like having exercise related blackouts. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. sleepwalking. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't. That's really impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did. I did five sun salutations. Excellent. Um, and then I did some other uh, crap. And then. I did lie down on my mat, on my back, in what I am going to say counts as Shavasana. 
but was not actually Shavas. <laughs> it was just me lying, staring at the ceiling, <laughs> wondering, <laughs> like, <laughs> what I was doing, <laughs> how I had gotten here. <laughs> like i used to have specifically (laughs) that day or like like in in life life, in my yoga practice like wondering just what the hell happened yeah because i also felt like i was gonna die after doing these five sun salutations and then like literally like four poses it was nothing it was like an absolute nothingness of a practice and i why can't i think right now sorry my brain is just like not this is from the yoga practice. <laughs> Got that yoga brain. Yeah. It destroyed me mentally and physically. I have a, a top tip for you on how to make sun salutations easier. Not do them? Correct. <laughs> that, everyone listening, you heard it here first. Just don't Just even don't do bother. Them. Don't do the sun salutations. So, like, I can't even remember the last time that I did a sun salutation as part of a practice because, as we've established, I do yin yoga. And maybe when I'm feeling very, like, masochistic, I will do ashtanga yoga. Um, But I'm also the person who, like, throughout the course of my being at home at night, like, I'll just do a random vinyasa, like, in the hallway just for fun. Um just to like see how see how it's feeling and then like carry on with my evening. <laughs> I'm I'm a weirdo, but I have I can't even remember the last time I did one in a class, which reminded me that I did a yoga class. Okay, here's the thing. I'm going to I'm just going to go for it. I'm doing a cognitive behavioral therapy program right now or CBT as part of my self-imposed treatment of my seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression, whatever you want to call it. Um, And so I'm in the chapter in the book where you have to schedule yourself, quote unquote, like fun or pleasurable or productive activities. And then you rate your depression uh, after you have completed that activity. And so for reasons that I don't understand, I decided on Monday, so I made my schedule last week. So on Monday, which is Thursday now, I decided on Monday when I get home from work, I'm going to do a yoga class. Imagine my surprise on Monday when I got home and I was like, God damn it. I have to do a yoga class now. I, did, I didn't care for that feeling. Um, but I did the class which brings me, which was a long-winded version to get to an annoying complaint of mine and pet peeve of yoga teachers, which I know we already talked about that in another episode. But it was a yin class with a pretty well-known teacher who shall remain nameless. And he didn't shut up the entire class. And it was a yin class. So there are long periods of time when you should not be talking. And he talked the entire time. And I hated it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I think we've learned two really valuable lessons in what you've just said. The first, obviously, is to never plan or schedule anything. That is correct. (laughs) Because then you might have to actually do it, and that sucks. If you don't ever plan or schedule anything, then you never actually have to do anything, and that is better. The second (laughs) um, is that... Online yoga classes 
are almost always the worst. See, and I know this, like, in my soul, but every time I'm like, mmm, that class looks like it could be good, and then it's not, but I do it anyway. I honestly, I probably could have done with, like, an instructor today. Like, any, just any online yoga class to... Even just to keep me in the room, because I guess if somebody was talking, maybe I would have had, I'd have had to like pause the video in order to get up and abandon my practice. (laughs) And I probably wouldn't have done that. I actually, I canceled my, I had fitness subscriptions, like live to, um, not live stream, but to like streaming fitness services. I had subscriptions to two different ones. And at the beginning of this year, I was like, yeah, I'm going to cancel both of those because I don't use them. But the downside of that is now when I want to do a class, it's way more difficult to find something that I want to do. Sorry, I'm like, I'm trying to relate. But honestly, I hate almost all online yoga classes. That's fair. It's interesting because the two that I had, um, one of them was audio based. So you couldn't anybody which I have learned is incredibly difficult when you're doing yoga because they don't often say like the pose because they're trying to cater to like the at all audiences who may not know what the pose names mean so they're guiding you into positions saying like put your arm this way and rotate that thing and you're like how am I am I even doing the right thing so that one was really tricky because you don't even know if you're doing what the instructor is saying. And then the other one was uh, visual based, but it was full of the stereotypical yogis who were like so deep in the yoga Kool-Aid that it was very obnoxious. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to get out of there. Had to get out of there quick. <laughs> but now it, now it means I need like something else to fill the fitness gap. Um, well... Did you look at that article based on your Myers-Briggs? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, a, no. that's a no. <laughs> that's a no. <laughs> the other thing, okay, and this possibly is going back to me, apparently now being fragile and elderly, <laughs> um, I am noticing that even, like, despite trying I guess to practice more often um it's taking a really long time to gain back any kind of strength whereas previously in my intermittent and shitty yoga practice habits um I could do it pretty quickly like it would just be a few ashtanga classes and then I'd be like oh uh, it's back I can do everything that I could do prior to me stopping practicing for however many weeks or months. Um, and yeah, that's just not happening now. I have no, no upper body strength to speak of. I cannot do (laughs) chaturanga. I remember you saying, did you end up filming a class for that friend of yours? I did not. Okay, well. Never mind then. No, it's okay. Um, I will. And when I do it, we will talk about it Excellent. right here. Talk about the experience. Yeah. 
I wonder, because I, I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about, because there's, if you're a yoga teacher, you know this. When you're teaching in front of a class, you can magically do things that, like, sometimes you normally can't. Because you're like, people are watching me, and therefore my body will figure out how to do this advanced pose that I can kind of do sometimes, maybe. And I was thinking about that now as someone who hasn't been to like a legit in-person studio yoga class in years and hasn't taught in front of people in a really long time. Like if I was teaching a class now, would I magically be able to do those things just like from the adrenaline and the stress and the pressure of having to perform in a yoga class? Or would it just be my normal body and I just have to like fake my way through it? I think if you went to a class, it would just be you I think it's I think it's teaching Mm. when you're teaching the only time I've ever been able to do the one sorry yeah the one time I've ever done a successful like L sit is when I was showing off in front of a class and I did a perfect jump through from downward facing dog into an L sit And I have never, ever, ever, ever been able to do it again. That's super impressive. I have never done one of those, ever. Not even while teaching. Yeah, it was like a really dire, like, like I was going to have to, like, pull it off in front of all of the people that I was in front of, or I was going to have to, like, eat so many words. (laughs) And I just did it. (laughs) And, hey, is that a really good way to approach your yoga practice? It is not. Is it what your yoga teacher is thinking and doing? Possibly. Yeah. That's a definite yes. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I should try. Maybe I should try filming it and I'll I'll be able to do a perfect, beautiful, perfect chaturanga. I filmed part of my practice this week for TikTok. So I wanted to see because when I practice, <laughs> I know I'm the worst. When I practice, I practice in our little like spare bedroom and I always leave the door open and inevitably my cat will come in 700,000 times and just like walk across my mat in front of me behind me underneath me she'll like splay out on all my props and everything so I wanted to capture that on film and when I watched the film back I realized my phone had like tilted slightly after I started recording, and it was completely not recording anything useful. Oh, that's fun. I think at one point I saw, like, a cat ear. I was like, oh, there she is. <laughs> she was around. Uh, my dog did not even interrupt my yoga practice today. Like, even she knew how sad and pathetic it was. <laughs> and she didn't want anything to do with it. She, yeah, she was nowhere to be seen. She's usually... She, like all pets, has a very magical way of knowing exactly where I need to put my hands or feet and just being exactly there on the mm-hmm. mat. Mm-hmm. And she knows that I'm never, ever going to step on her or make her move. So I always just end up moving around her. I mean, that's very generous of you. <laughs> that is not the case when I practice with Bacall around. That's so rude. <laughs> I have a, so I have a bolster, like um, the long rectangular ones. And if I have that on the ground while I am practicing, Bacall will just come mosey on in and she will fully lay on top of it. 
like it's her bolster now and you're just gonna have to deal with it yeah I mean you left it on the ground Brittany (laughs) (laughs) what was I thinking god and then it gets covered in cat hair and cat hair gets on my pants and it's a whole thing there is no there is not a single pair of yoga pants yoga shirt my yoga mat any of my props that can have dog hair stick to them they're all covered in everything mm-hmm. like I couldn't I even if I were to like wipe down and like lint roll and vacuum because I've tried my yoga mat the one that I use at home like it cannot be used outside of the house because if I open it it, it will just be like a little like cloud <laughs> of dog hair And part of the problem is that I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I like to leave it unrolled, just like out on the floor, so that... Oh, yeah. As an open invitation to myself to practice, um, which I never do, but my dog does. I've seen those pictures. They're very cute. It's more her yoga mat than mine. (laughs) I have philosophical question for us to talk about but we can either talk about it now or we can save it for another one and it just popped into my head as something I wanted to talk about in one of these episodes what for sure now okay so I don't know if it's actually a philosophical question but I realized from my three days of trying to get back into the splits I (laughs) I was thinking about it and the thought is people who like work out regularly like multiple times a week like every day or whatever are they sore all the time and if so why (laughs) okay (laughs) okay I guess the why is what's making it the philosophical (laughs) like is that what qualifies this as a philosophical question I don't know because (laughs) I have to tell you I've never ever worked out every day (laughs) Because I just, like, I genuinely wondered, because even when I do, like, a really, well, even when I practice multiple times a week doing yoga, especially Ashtanga, I, my hamstrings were always sore the next day. Then it made me think, like, people who, like, lift weights or CrossFit or whatever, like, if they do that multiple times a week, are they just sore constantly? Because what, what is the, ben, what is the upside of that? That is, the, that's the only downside to me. <laughs> um... Maybe they like it. So they're sadists. Yes. Or just brainwashed, especially if they go to CrossFit. Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, in the very limited times in my life where I've managed to do something like an Ashtanga practice, you know, six days in a row or whatever, um, I feel like in the middle of the week you actually start feeling okay. Mm. So it's like the first practice sucks. And then the second practice also usually sucks. But then the two in the middle, that's okay. Because it's like you, you don't, you never leave it long enough to get really stiff and sore and fucked up. You keep like warming the muscles up. Mm -hmm. But then by the end of the week on day six, (laughs) you just want to die again. (laughs) <laughs> and then when you inevitably abandon it for four months of not practicing exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the thing I get really bored 
yeah. doing Ashtanga every day. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also usually too lazy to either go to a yoga class. I'm too picky and whiny and bitchy to commit to doing like online led yoga classes every day. And I'm too lazy to come up with my own practice if I'm not teaching a class. <laughs> and then I end up, yeah, just not doing anything for four months. I'm a yoga teacher. <laughs> I'm a trained yoga teacher. <laughs> yeah. It is so much work to come up with your own goddamn class, like, for yourself. I, no. <laughs> I, that's why I used to subscribe to fitness things, because, like, after I get home from work, I've made so many decisions during the course of my day. I just want someone else to tell me what to do with my body, which I realize now is hilarious, because that's what I used to do. Tell people what to do with their body. But I just, no, I can't. That's why I always end up doing, like, the same five hip openers every single day. Cause I'm like, I know these. I know what it's going to feel like. And that's my practice. Do you think that that's a bad habit to be in? No. Not really. It's fine. <laughs> it's better than doing no yoga. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you can't make me do a more varied practice. You can't make me do it. I mean, I can't even make myself do a more varied practice, so definitely no. Yeah, that's a no. Um, but yeah, back to the gym thing. I do wonder. <laughs> I would like to know how people haul ass to the gym every single day. Um, and y- it, yeah, that episode is out now. The one where we talked about our Enneagrams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I did say that... Like, I never, ever, ever feel, like, really amazing. Like, when people say that you get addicted to, like, the endorphins or whatever the fuck when you exercise consistently and regularly, like, no. Yeah, no. I haven't. And doing the Ashtanga Primary Series every day for a month is that. And I have done that. And I still feel like garbage. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's the case of like them being brainwashed. Like, oh, I'm working out regularly, which means I must be like getting endorphins and must be happy about it. Because that is definitely not the case. Anytime I've done any form of like circuit training or my teeny tiny meager version of like high intensity interval training. There is never a period of time where I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel good. It's always constant. Oh, am I going to throw up like, right now? <laughs> is this nausea that I'm feeling? What's this? What's this feeling? Uh, it's triumph. <laughs> Tri- triumph over my enemies. Triumph over your own body. Yeah, exactly. Well, did we do the thing? I think we did the thing. Yeah. And if you if you happen to like this thing that we did please feel free to leave us a review on the old iTunes. I haven't checked recently, but last at last check, we had one very excellent review, which read, had funny moments, which I will be taking with me to my grave. It'll be on your tombstone. Don't worry, I'll see to it. <laughs> I'll put that in the will. Make sure that that is on the tombstone. You can also follow us on all of the social medias. We, like, sometimes post there, so stay tuned for that. And until next time, 
definitely maybe try yoga if you want. But like, no pressure. 